Um, something at work got me all hot and bothered. So we're having some, we're, we're having to hire somebody. And today uh, was a depressing day because two very qualified candidates came in and the position is essentially filled by somebody who was like, an emergency hire just has to go through the process, but we have to open it up, you know? Mm. So the first lady who came in, um, one of the questions is, what do you do to relax? She was like, oh, I was joking around with your boss. Um, <clears throat> you know, this weekend, for example, I went up and went, went into work. I have two jobs and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she has two daughters. Mm-hmm. She goes to their events and stuff like that. This is a lady who has a master's degree. She just got her master's degree. She works in higher education already. Mm -hmm. And she has to have a part-time job. Yeah. That will allow her to live just a basic life of raising two daughters. Right. And she wasn't saying it in a way of like, Hey, look at me. This is, you know, look well, all I do. She was talking as if like either everyone does this and like this is life, you know, or yeah. like she just didn't think or consider to be like, this is crazy. Right. This is absolutely insane that I have to work a second job at Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Or th- that's not the place, but it was a place, but doing customer service. To supplement your income. Right. Like, I don't care if you have a master's degree in, like, your hobby. Like, if you paid into this a system that much, then the system should at least say, here is a basic, get a full-time 40-hour-week job, right. which is already going to be 40-plus. Yeah. And, uh, and you're, you're fine. Like, you're fine. Yeah, you should definitely be getting more out of it than just scraping by. Just scraping by but it's like all the stories we were talking about before where it's like the that story about like uh the kid who's walking 20 miles to work every day or something like that there's another one of those stories that came a out teacher that got a, teacher a car got a car and it's like why in the world are teachers not being are being paid so little that they can't afford to buy their own car what about the story of the person who lost their job or couldn't finish their degree because they didn't have a car you know what I mean? So exactly. they were one semester away from getting their teacher license. Right. They couldn't, their car broke down. They couldn't pay for it. Yeah. They couldn't pay for school. And so now they're back to working a job trying to make ends meet. And they couldn't be, you know, the, uh, the teacher that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't buy my books for my master's degree. I never finished it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> now I've just got a ton of student debt for a master's degree I never finished because I couldn't afford the books. Because when I moved out here, I couldn't get a, a, a teaching job. job. Yeah. Yeah. I have a new, going back a few episodes, I have a new crime I want to add to our like cultural crime list if we ever uh, take over the world. Or, you know, let's be honest, we ever create our commune mm-hmm. and we set our rules. One of them is. It is illegal to buy more than, I don't know, five Funko Pop figures (laughs) at one time. Sure. There's no reason why you should be carrying out like 10 of them in your arms. Yeah. 
I went to, um, so I got in the Sea of Thieves when it came out mm-hmm. because he and his cousins were tired of playing Minecraft and they wanted something else. So I looked in the Sea of Thieves, showed him some trailers and seemed good. It's like exploration. Right. So I got it for him. Indy loved it for a while and then he stopped playing it. And when I asked him why, he got scared of the sharks okay. and skeletons, mm-hmm. which I'm scared of sharks too. So sure, I couldn't. that's understandable. Exactly. So they kind of like <clears throat> went back to Minecraft, but kind of aging out of it. And um, so now No Man's Sky came out, mm-hmm. like the update. And it came out on Xbox. So his cousin cousin's got a copy. So I was like, hey, do you want to trade in Sea of Thieves? And we had like two other games that we mm. didn't really play. I was like, do you want to trade that and get uh, no Man's Sky. And he was like, okay. So he went to GameStop. And it it was a premium store online. So I was like, oh, all right, premium store. I don't know what that's about, but I walk in there. It was a premium GameStop store? Premium GameStop shore, what, store. What store is this? Which one is it? Uh, Virginia Beach Boulevard. By what? Town Center. Like to the, yeah, but I mean, what else is around there? A Chili's. Okay, so the one by where the Farm Fresh used to be? Yeah, where the Farm okay. Fresh closed down. That's actually where I bought my second Xbox One at. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why there specifically, but yeah. Because it's a premium store, that's I why. I guess so. Well, if you remember the store, it's one of the smallest stores I've ever yeah. been in. So what makes it premium? Well, okay, here's the thing. So I'm like, pre- I see premium pop up. I'm like, well, you know, if we're going to get traded, I don't know. Does premium mean I get an extra 50 cents on this? Like, right. what makes it premium? I might as well go to the premium store to get the premium experience. Mm-hmm. So I walk in. It is the smallest store <laughs> I've ever been in my life. I had to move out of the way for the guy carrying 15 <laughs> Funko Pop figures right. out in his arms. He didn't even have a bag. I don't know why, but it was literally like a cartoon walking out yeah. with all these like figures. And I go into the store and we find No Man's Sky pretty quickly because you literally could touch either side of the wall if you just hold your arms out. And I go to the line. Um, their computers are down. Mm. They, a uh, manager is sitting to the right. She has two pairs of glasses on her head. Uh-huh. One, like I guess, her nearer one for far. And she looks like a watchmaker, right? Just like, and she's just re- <laughs> like going back and forth between these glasses and yeah. muttering, like, "That's the password." I don't know why it's, it's not accepting <laughs> the path. I mean, that's the password. Then a guy like comes out, like rubbing, you know, like mustard on his shirt from his break. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to, you know, now manage the crowd. One guy is in front of us. He's just talking about this warranty. He's just like, won't give it up. Mm-hmm. Now, if this overheats, I'm just walking in here and be like, hey, guys, it's overheated. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, that's fine. You're like, because, you know, if it overheats, I, you know, I just want to walk in here and be like, hey, guys, right. give me a new one. Give me a new one. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you see him like slowly through repeating it, finding variations on his question. And so all of a sudden he's like, oh, oh, uh. If I go to a different store and walk in and go, hey, guys, this overheated. Are they, are they going to give me a new one? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, yeah, sir. And he's always at this overheating. 
Um, and so like, he's just like monologuing about his, this warranty that he's getting. And then like congratulating himself on being so smart to get the warranty and talking to his son about the warranty. Right. Uh, and so like they're in front of us are taking forever. Um, and finally we, we go up and, um, I'm like, Hey, I'm training these in. Want to get this game, which no man's sky was, they didn't have used They had new. Right. Mm-hmm. But we bought, brought the box up and the lady like turns around, opens the drawer, pulls out the disc and puts it in there. Yep. And then she like sticks it in a plastic case, like seals it, mm-hmm. which I'm like, why? Number one, why would you seal? I'm right here. Yeah. Like, I don't want it sealed. And you already touched the case. You touched the disc. Yeah. You sealing it now does not like, it's not like now certified fresh again. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? What you're not, that's the policy now. You, yeah. you open up all your games when you get them and yeah. you stick them in it's a drawer. It's just a way for them to sell used games as new. I'm, I guarantee you that's all they're doing. There's yeah. no way that was a used, a new game. Right. Yeah, that is like the sh- because I remember them doing that a long time ago. Get buying a new game there and seeing them like pull out the sleeve with a s- disc in it, and then they just put the disc in an open box. And I'm first of all, I'm like, the whole point of buying something new is so you can open it, yeah, right? Yeah. That's like the most pleasurable aspect of it is getting to open something that's new. I don't want to then just even if it is brand new, I right. still want to open it, right? Like. Is that whose job is it to then open these and put them in separate little, you know, flaps? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I bought a physical copy of a game. Yeah. Where I had to go into a store. If I bought a physical copy, it's like from Amazon or whatever. Uh, But because I had trade in, I went in here. So she did it with such confidence that it totally threw me. And I was Mm -hmm. like. Okay, I guess this is the world we're living in now. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, if this is like a used game, then you think that she'd be like, oh, let me just go in the back room for a second. You know what I mean? Like, she did it all in front of me, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, that's right. like, you know, that's like somebody who comes to like, you order a burger and they just walk out to your plate, and they just like, no gloves, just start putting your burger together for you, <laughs> you know? And you're like, I. I guess they should wear gloves or maybe they should be doing something yeah. different. And also, is this a premium experience or like, is this not like, <laughs> that's right. Cause you know, the premiums though. Yeah. And I don't want to say like, I'm like, is this what I'd be like? Excuse me, ma'am. This is new. Right. Yeah. You know? So I was like, listen, I'm going to take a look at the disc. Cause we're going to go next door or do something. I was like, if it looks at all used, I'm probably going to walk back in back. Mm-hmm. This looks dirty yeah. or something. You know? But we get to the end of the sale. And the guy's like, hey, here's your receipt. He circles something at the bottom. Hey, leave us a, re- a review. We want to stay a premium store. Mm. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is just like a marketing. Get like, yeah. You know, this is just the store that got enough friends and family. To exactly. Like I was going to say, they've gamed the, the system somehow. <laughs> and they've overwhelmed the rating system. Because I want to be like, wh- uh, you know what I mean? Like, this store is great. It's so small that uh, you'll, you'll find either what you're looking for or see immediately that they don't have it because you can yeah. see everything that they have right there. Uh, they personally handle all of your new right. products and put them in the cases for you. Then they'll reseal it for you to open <laughs> something. I guess that's the, that's the thought there, yeah. you know? Uh, 
and they'll try and upsell you on everything else. Like I got the membership thing mm. and their computer system will probably be down because their manager doesn't know her password, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the freemium experience. Yeah, I've been thinking about with um with that cuz we have the Switch and so far I've bought everything digitally. I think even with the Xbox 1 I bought everything digitally. Mm-hmm. But I think more so with the Switch, like I don't know who likes those little micro SD cards. Those things seem yeah. like a nightmare, especially yeah. if you have little kids. Right. So, it's almost like I have to buy everything digitally on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of like to me it makes sense like you just it's so easy to use and you just, I'd rather, if I'm going to have like 15 little cards, I might as well have a SD memory card and yeah. just like one of those right. for exactly. 50 games on it and just, yeah. you know, keep, keep that going. Yeah. You know, I'd rather do that. And especially with the prices too at GameStop, it's like, it's not even worth it anymore. Like, I mean, I, I understand maybe if you're buying a used game that's like three years old, then you'll get a deal. But if you're buying anything that's less than a year old, you're paying right. five bucks less. Yeah. Like just pay the five dollars to get the new game from somewhere where it hasn't already been opened and smudged <laughs> up first. The the other thing is so Elise and I went and saw Black Klansman, which I loved. Um mm. and we we got there a little early and I was looking around the theater, I was like, Okay. We own this theater. Everybody's saying, you know, the theater experience is dying. Mm-hmm. What do you change in here? Where do you start? You know, mm-hmm. because I just, I don't understand how like these industries, what, what, we just had farm fresh clothes. We just had another retail store shut down Toys R Us, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have these spaces closing down and I'm like, did they really not see it coming? Like, were they really for, like, decades and decades literally being, like, the riddle of online is completely baffling, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, were they too big to change? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I just feel like there are things you can do to get ahead of this thing, you know? There, there are moves you can make if you want to save your industry. Yeah. Like, with the theater, <clears throat> start with your seating. Make them not gross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it so I can recline back a little bit. Give me a little room mm-hmm. in there, you know? Um, the speaker's blown out. Like, mm-hmm. invest in good speakers and maintenance or whatever else. Like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just feel like I know that that's cost prohibitive. But if you create a better experience for people, I think they'll go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Monitor it. Have, like, people in theaters to remove disruptive patrons, mm-hmm. you know? Actually cre- create a semi-boutique experience i think people will respond or like if you're gamestop actually give me a benefit for coming into your store right you know what i mean on overpriced rewards program or something that gives me finally you can discount me to what i can find online mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like i don't know s- sell various things other subscription product i don't know just try something yeah but going into gamestop today was no different than going to gamestop 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. There are just more people back then. Yeah. Is that, you know? Um, 
anything in particular you wanted to talk about? I had some follow-up questions. We um, we talked a little bit about the on the media mm-hmm. Twitch mm-hmm. episode and Radio Lab Facebook episode that they're yeah. kind of like companion pieces. Mm-hmm. I had some follow-up questions I want to ask you about. Okay. So the on the media one is uh, exploring Twitch, and there's a part where they focus on Ninja, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this recent controversy that Ninja is going through that I actually saw, maybe it was Polygon did an mm-hmm. article about it, about him not... I think it was an interview with Polygon they said it. Am I'm I... not sure. Okay, but I saw him Polygon. But it's <clears throat> about the... F- idea that ninja is refuses to stream with girl streamers because of the drama it brings into mm-hmm. his life and and specifically he was like he didn't want to put his wife through right it. right so i wanted to know what you thought about that instance in particular and if you think that people of a certain platform size have a responsibility to be, I guess, role models out front and lead the way on the way to say it, but like, yeah, Mm -hmm. to like be, to set an example. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that this is fundamentally, even though I can understand his rationale, fundamentally, this is basically acknowledging the toxic nature of your own industry that's that's built in mm-hmm. and being like there's nothing we can do about it guys only thing we can do is appease them or right not give any fuel to that particular fire because right. it will burn i feel like you can't you don't have to stream with women to comment on that and fight that i think that's the one thing that i disagree with what I've seen out of all of this is like the only way he can address is by streaming with women. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, if that is your own personal decision, okay. Cause I'm not in your shoes and I don't know how I would feel exposing my wife to this stuff or how much my, I know not my fans, but whoever was watching me would go after her. Mm-hmm. Like that, that could be a very real thing that I would see he'd want to avoid. Right. But you can still go out there and say, hey, I'm going to make it a point to like recommend female streamers that people should go watch. Mm-hmm. Or like I'm going to make today like every hour of my stream, every time I stream is going to be devoted to like how can you expand your horizons to include people of other genders, religions, nationalities or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I feel like it's a complete capitulation to the toxic industry. And at some point, I I would feel like, you know, if I was in his shoes, obviously making that much money, I'm horrified at what I would accommodate (laughs) to make that much money. But I do feel like I would wish there there would be a part of me that's like, this is a wake-up call as to how toxic my community is yeah that i feel like i can't do something that is natural and not receive blowback mm-hmm. then maybe that means that this thing that i'm fostering is toxic itself so maybe i need to 
like reflect on what I'm bringing to this. Yeah. And if all I'm bringing to it is this capitulation, then maybe I should change some stuff up. Yeah. What's your take? Uh, I think I agree. Um, or not. I know I, I agree. Um, and I think there is a distinction to be made between the idea that like, it's the impression I got at least was that he feels like he should be able to stream with whoever he wants. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't have any problem personally streaming with girls or with women. He's just not doing it because of the drama that it would invite. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it would be different uh, if we're talking about like someone who's like not doing it because I don't know, they're Mike Pence or whatever. (laughs) They just fundamentally don't believe like, I'm not trying to argue that like, this person should change their beliefs to me. It just seems like he's like, like you said, he's kind of just kowtowing to the audience. And, uh, and the strange thing to me about it too, is there was a previous controversy about how, and this may have just been from like what I picked up on Reddit about how he was starting to do family friendly streams mm-hmm. with no cursing and like people are upset about that because they're like oh he's changing himself for the streams so i don't understand why you would invite one but not the other kind of it just seems a little lazy to me you know what i mean yeah i i think from his argument by bringing in a female he is implicitly involving his wife yeah, I, I, I mean, I can see that, but at the same time, like, is that something his wife is asking him to do? I, it just seems like very, I don't know. It just seems really lazy to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to have to deal with this, and I know I can get away with it because I'm, like, pretty much in a boys' club, so it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, to to me, if if I wanted to like push against him and critique it, it seems like, you know, a um a dumb man's smart idea, you know, where mm-hmm. where it's like right. hey, listen, I've thought really long and hard about it. I got this thing right. that sounds it sounds good, but if you at all apply it to anything outside of this one room where I'm thinking it up and talking it over with this one other person, maybe, you know, yeah. then it, they all falls apart. Yeah. But I, I've had so many ideas that sound so good in like the room. And I wake up the next day and I'm like, you know, and that's why marijuana shouldn't be legalized. Right. And then I realized like, that was a, actually a dumb argument. You know, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting to me because I, it, it, it sort of echoes the past, these past, um, incidences with like i guess the one that's most familiar to me is like the charles barkley i'm not a role model thing mm-hmm. or or um that was charles barkley right yeah yeah um because it's kind of like because i i can be i'm like sympathetic with that i think but at the same time it's like yeah you don't get to control that really mm-hmm. once you get to like a certain level of notoriety that's out of your hands and you are whether you want to be or not. Um, and that's kind of like it, it, it kind of like comes with the territory. 
But at the same time, I feel like that's maybe the same, even the same side of the same coin as like people who are like, you're a celebrity. I demand you do this for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're uh, taking a little bit of the free will away. I think I feel like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like, I guess I fall on the side of he can do what he wants, but like for what he says, he should be open to criticism and yeah, you know, like we should be able to look at and be like, doesn't really hold up, but you know, I mean, like mm-hmm. that's your decision. I think this is one of those situations yeah. where I don't have like super strong feelings about it either way. Um, but I do think fundamentally it's just an excuse and a way to um, ignore some deep problems that are right there staring him in the face. Right. Yeah. Of it, like it's definitely his audience. a deflection because I don't want to have to deal with this larger issue. Yeah. It's, and it's ba- he's basically just saying like, just let me just keep on trucking with this right. streaming thing. I'm making yeah. a shitload of money. Yes. It's like just, I don't want to derail this in any right. way. <laughs> right. Because at some point he would turn to his audience and be like, Hey, listen, if you are like, uh, a misogynist troll get off my street. And then you would see thousands of people leave and then you'd see his, you know, numbers get hit incrementally and God forbid he lose out on his momentum and money. And it's all about maintaining, you know? Uh, and then, so then, uh, sort of, I feel like sort of, uh, tagged onto the end of that episode was the, was the uh, radio lab tie-in where they're talking about Facebook. And so I started listening to the radio lab episode and they're doing the segment on uh, free speech. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're interviewing the female comedian who gets banned for saying something like white men are scum. Yeah. Like, right. And I'm like on board with all this stuff. Makes sense to me. Like, uh, right, like I'm on, I'm on your side, but then it gets to a moment, and I want to know how you felt about this. Where she, where she says, and I can't remember how the show really handled it. I feel like they kind of just breezed by it. Um, but she says it is Facebook's job to protect the people not in power. And the people in power are totally fair game. They deserve no protection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with that. Okay. So her example is, so they're talking about the um, white men are, like all white men are bad is banned, but all black children are bad is not banned, right? And the difference in Facebook size is that white and men are both protected categories, 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 according to Facebook. And black is protected as a protected category, but children is not. So that's why that is right. That's their justification. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, ultimately like that makes sense to me in the way they've structured their rules. Like, I don't think it's like, it doesn't make sense in terms of like the rules. Right. But it makes sense that they're enforcing it that way because that's how they, they've structured their rules. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and really that example, I'm sure that example was chosen to like be controversial because really the example could have been all black men are bad and that would have been banned, but all white children are bad would not have been banned. Right. It's just, you're just yeah replacing these modifiers basically is how they're looking at it. But I feel like when it comes to something like with Facebook, right, a multiple billion dollar company who is obviously like uh, undercutting the workforce, paying these paying, you know, uh, these farms in foreign countries like slave wage labor stuff to be their moderation team. Right. Um. I feel like when you're when you when you are not resource strapped, Mm -hmm. when your resources are essentially unlimited, then your job is to protect everybody. Right. Like like I feel like in a scenario where your resources are limited, where you can only give attention to certain areas, then, yes, protect the like the uh, the uh, the the people not in power and let the people who are in power sort of like take care of themselves because you know, you know what I'm saying? They have enough resources, but when it comes, especially something as like nebulous and and ambiguous as like free speech, it just, it seems, it feels to me like it weakens your argument when you're like, I should be able to say whatever I want about these people, but you're not allowed to say whatever you want about these other people. Yeah, I think I think I think one of the issues is like you can't take the facts out of the context. You can't like level playing field. Like I say something negative about you, you say something negative about them. Like we're all equally culpable in what we've said that's negative, right? Mhm. The context is always going to be a part of it. So, like, yeah, I say something negative against the person in power, you know? It's like, I wish anybody who made over, you know, $50 million a year would just spontaneously combust. So that money could be freed or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Something stupid. But then that person who's in power no matter what they say to the person who's not in power, their actions many of times like are to exploit people. You yeah. know what I mean? And, th- and, that, and that exploitation can never happen on the reverse. So I feel like what she's saying is like karmically, like if you, if you add some moral connotations, then that levels the scales in a way that they will always be unbalanced if that person in power says something negative about, you know, her or another person mm-hmm. or a group of people, you know, and that, that is kind of my argument for like what makes satire work. When we were talking about my issues with the dumb idiotic Babylon B and versus the onion, is that the Babylon Bee will like make fun of people who have no power. And therefore, to me, it's not satire. Like it's sure. only satire when you read like The Onion and they're basically just like 
saying the most horrific stuff about Mike Pence or Mm -hmm. corporations or politicians, right? And that satire works because it's going after the people in power. But yeah, if if you read their satirical, you know, news site and it's like making fun of how bad homeless people smell, like you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, that's not yeah, that's not but satire. It mean, doesn't I'm work. I'm not talking about what works and doesn't work as satire. And maybe I missed the point of what she was saying. To me, what I got from it was Protection. Just just talking purely about the rules that Facebook is using to protect free speech. She's saying you should be able to say whatever you want about white people, period, because they are the people in power. Uh Everyone else is protected. You cannot say bad things about anybody else. White people, fair game. No restrictions on what you can say about white people. Black people are protected. so so, So that is the stuff that can be moderated. The white people stuff can't be moderated. Mm. And I also want to say, I could care less what anybody says about white people. Yeah. No white people jokes bother me whatsoever. Well, no, I I just feel like if you're going to protect free speech, whether Mm. it be, I can't say bad things about people or I can say bad things about people. I feel like that is one of those things where it's kind of like all or nothing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't yeah. make sense to me to not protect. Like, is like I don't know. And no, just no, from I, like a like a like a like a like a conversational point. Like, if you're trying to like bridge a gap, I don't see what that offers. Yeah, well, I see what you're saying. I think that we're interpreting. I think we're taking it to different places to interpret it. I'm taking it to satire. I'm taking it to you know. She's taking it to the effect of what these words represent. It's not about the speech. It's about the intention, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the, the effect of these words. And the effect of the words is to go after a, a hierarchy, uh, a structure, right? That she views as monolithic and negative. The fact that, that it's white people or whatever is secondary, which is why, where I think her argument where where I take her argument. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's engaging in speech that the white power structure cannot engage in. They cannot match it. You know what I mean? Like the Babylon Bee can never match the onion because the Babylon Bee is, is coming from people who have a specific moral uh, and political ideology. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's it. Now, I think what you're, what, what you're saying, which I also agree with, is like she is not the paragon of free speech. She's not the person who, you know, every word that tumbles out of her mouth is like pure, untouchable gold, you know, that cannot be besmirched. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and in, the, in that way, I, I agree, but I don't, I don't think that, She's necessarily specifically talking about free speech. I think she's talking about speech that challenges a power structure. Mm-hmm. And then when that power structure goes, ow, you can't, you can't say that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so if I say, I mean, you, you saw this, right? Who was it? <clears throat> One of the conservative people tried to take up the, the argument and then replace 
you know, the white with black people. Mm-hmm. She's like, see, you can't, I, what if I said this? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, as soon as you say that though, like it, it loses all of its right. original intention. Well, that's deep. It's not just words. Everything exactly. It's right. not just words, which is, which is why I think maybe what, you know, what you're picking up on, what you're disagreeing with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just that intention. If it's just words, I agree. But it's not just words. And yeah. But see, I think Facebook is approaching it as it's just words. That, I think that's how they're trying to make their rules. It, based on that podcast, I would agree. <clears throat> I think what you also run up against and what we run up against are the people who view Mark Zuckerberg as a ideological foe. Mm-hmm. And he represents Facebook. And so anything that Facebook does is done from that ideological perspective. Which may or may not be true. I don't know. I'm not in those back rooms. Mm-hmm. But how they presented it on the podcast, on Radiolab at least, was like, we are taking a look at these rules as they were set up and not really speak on the intention. Like, like the, the intention is just to try and come up with something that's fair. <clears throat> the, the, the intention I got from the Radiolab is not like Zuckerberg's back there like, right. hey, we need to purge this type of speech. Mm-hmm. So, so in that case, I would agree with you. It's like, yeah, it's, is it Facebook's job? Like, I don't know. They're, they don't seem to be trying to live out a specific ideology. Um, and that may be people reading into it. I don't know. Like, I'm on Twitter, and people all the time are saying, like, Jack at Twitter is just basically having his ideology run that site. Mm-hmm. And people are getting banned for, like, going after conservatives. But, you know... Alex Jones can propagate a Sandy Hook conspiracy and not get banned mm-hmm. or, or get temporarily banned. It's like, well, wh- what are those rules, right? right? So it seems like Twitter's operating without that. Facebook tried to do the rules, but the rules are never going to be, you know, 100% mm-hmm. cover everything. Right. And they're never going to be able to, to address intention mm-hmm. in the way that she was saying. So what did you make? So at the end, that episode gets really dark where they start talking about the violence and Facebook being a platform for uh, exposing that violence to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. and seeing violent content on Facebook unexpectedly and Mm -hmm. involuntarily. Mm is something that I know that we've talked about before. And it was like one of the reasons why I stopped using Facebook Mm -hmm. because it was happening so much. So what did you make of the moderators? um, Or I guess he wasn't a moderator, but he was like a, I don't know. He worked at Facebook, but uh, him and a, a bunch of other people ultimately decided to leave because they were overruled about keeping that stuff on the site and they thought that it was exactly that a way to open the to expose it to the rest of the world did that resonate with you at all yeah i i feel like so i remember this does that make you feel any better about watching a guy get hacked to death by a machete (laughs) okay so i so i remember the thing that really set me off on this uh, over a year ago now probably um I was on my lunch break. I opened up Facebook and there's a video of a guy 
who fell into a tiger cage or got in there uh, intentionally. Mm-hmm. And in it, uh, the heading of it made me think, like, watch this guy, like, clamber out or fight off this tiger. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that, again, it starts auto-playing. So I just watch like an idiot and <clears throat> makes me feel the same way when it auto-plays like a montage of cats, like falling downstairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I end up watching the whole dumb thing. And I'm like, why did I do that, right? Yeah. So it auto-plays. I'm mindlessly watching and eating. And it ends with him getting dragged away by the tiger. And it's like, he's, <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. And like people are like, you know, joking around in the yeah. comments or whatever. I'm like, I just watched a guy get eaten to death. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not something that I feel like I wanted to be exposed to in this situation. And it, like, really pissed me off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that is, that is the kind of violence that really, really does piss me off. I feel like on Facebook, it is fine to share that stuff because I feel like it has a purpose and I am okay with people's lives being disrupted by realities. Sure. I, th- I, I think that that needs to be something that happens to me regularly. I want things put in my way that will like shake me out of my stupor of being yeah. like, well, this is life. Right. Um, but I don't think it should be autoplayed and I don't think it should be on a general feed. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be on a group or a separate page that I can either like sign up for and specifically curate in the sense of like world news feeds mm-hmm. or whatever, and then set in there maybe what the parameters are on the news feed that I'm going to get. Do I want coverage of videos? Am I okay with explicit content or not? Right. Mm-hmm. And then don't autoplay those. And then that way I can, I can go out there and seek it out or it can have a place there. Yeah. But see, that to me seems contradictory to the idea of like exposing people to it because you can just choose to ignore. What do you, how do you feel about how Reddit handles it? Because Reddit, if you just go to the front page or if you go to all, it gives you the most upvoted of everything on the site, Yeah, but nothing or I, 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 I'm sorry, not nothing. Or like the not safe for work stuff or the not safe for life stuff is censored by default. It's like blurred out. And it also doesn't obviously doesn't autoplay because it's blurred out. But it's still like you, you can still be browsing through Reddit and it's like, oh, hey, here's a cat jumping off a couch or here's a baby playing with a toy. Oh, here's a alligator getting its head cut off. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's blurred. You just see the headline, like whatever it is. So one, one thing, I'll just touch on my idea really quickly. And I have not put a lot of thought into it. But the one thing that I like about that is it can make it easier for me to share. So the whole idea is to expose people to it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the best way to expose people to it is if someone I know shares a video with me. It is not if I mindlessly scroll through and watch a video. I largely won't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. I will want it to be linked through somebody that I follow. So a lot of times, if I see something on Reddit, I won't watch it straight on there. I'll wait for somebody that I follow on Twitter to, like, post it and then see it through there. Or, again, like, political things. 
So I, I still like the, I like the idea, and I know that you're mainly on Reddit, I'm mainly on Twitter, but I, but I like that idea better of like giving people an opportunity to share the things in their timeline, and then it comes up on mine. <clears throat> so hopefully people know if I share something, I'm like, hey, this is happening in Syria right now. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is crazy. That, that has been passed through and been shared with a purpose and people can choose to, to see it but they've also been exposed that hey someone that they follow that hopefully they they read and care about what i say has just seen something happening in syria that's that's worthy of my time and intention mm-hmm. right um so again i still like that method better than here's a a mindless empty scroll the other thing too is i'm thinking about when do i want indie on reddit and it isn't until he's like an adult, you know what I mean? Um, not only because even on the main feed, I've seen stuff or just like people still want to share stuff where it's like, I'll be at work. I'm like, I can't click. I know that's not a bad video. I can't click on that because I can't have that in my history of like, you watched like F watch me F this goat. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, no, no, no. But if you want, he's not having sex with a goat. He's, you know, um, so it's like, again, yeah, you, you do that, but then you also push, naturally push the age up. So if that is the way Facebook did it, then India wouldn't be on Facebook, like mm-hmm. until he's an adult too. Mm-hmm. As is now, I could see him being like, you know, in, in high school or whatever, and like having a Facebook page and being like, I'm comfortable with the stuff that he's going to see on there mm-hmm. versus Reddit, good God. <laughs> <clears throat> okay well that's all i had um so i have one thing sure i feel like we could at least get a, a segment going of like everything economics because right now i am you know, I, i've i kind of grew up feeling like i don't know i don't know i was trying to think about this did i think i was too smart for politics or did I feel like politics were too smart for me? It was one of those two. Mm-hmm. Maybe a blending of them. But I grew up kind of feeling like, oh, I have a political identity. But then largely just not really thinking too hard about it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older, and I don't know if it's all like the last election cycle and all that stuff. I, I think I was getting politically interested before that, you know. But... I'm slowly like working my way through different political realities that I'm interested in and curious about. And the main one that I've been thinking a lot about recently that I maybe wanted to talk to you about briefly is this idea, and I can't shake it. And like, I've been reading a lot about this uh, and I want to read more, but that people fundamentally see a difference in corporations and governments mm-hmm. that that i don't understand that fundamentally yeah, right yeah um and as i walk through even the principles that any good you know kind of western capitalist would stand for like free market mm-hmm. libertarian or whatever um <clears throat> it's this idealized view right it's like this hardworking man starts an electrical company 
he doesn't gouge his customers. He doesn't like get into mudslinging with the other electrical companies in the area and like lie and spread rumors about them. He hires everybody based on merit. And he builds this company up so that it becomes known in the state, right? And then when he's old, he retires and he hands the keys of the kingdom over to the next best qualified person. <laughs> but it's like, no, he hands it over to his son, right. right? And whether his son was an electrician or wanted to be an electrician, yeah. he is now head of this electrical company, right? Yeah. And then he is now going to either A, be a benevolent king over that company, mm. or he's going to exploit it, you know, run the people ragged, mismanage it, and then crash it, you mm. know? Um, and, like, that is the monarchy. It's the history of the monarchy. Like, mm -hmm. we, we are not seeing a rotation of business owners every generation. You know what I mean? Like, you're seeing bloodlines <laughs> handed down in these companies, right? Mm -hmm. And you're, you're seeing inherited wealth creating you know, inherited opportunity. And what you're seeing is people who are unprepared for these opportunities then take the reins. And whether it's the Theranos, you know, lady, uh, whether it's Donald Trump, right? You see these people who are standing on the, the hard work of people who maybe did live out those capitalist principles. Mm -hmm. But we also know not too long ago that even the hardworking guy who starts the electrical company probably had something in place that said either this is a white company or we don't really have a lot of space for people of color, mm -hmm. right? That's just the nat national identity. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like you have to overlook a whole lot of basic principles to get to a point where we say corporations are good, fundamentally are good, good beyond a generation. Good. Eventually, you're going to get the inbred cousin king, you know, who's just totally ill-fit and prepared, and he's going to be over, you know, thousands of people and in control of their, of their destinies, mm -hmm. you know, to a large extent. Yeah. How is that any different than a government? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say because at one point, uh, I don't know if I ever fell into the corporate worship camp, but I was definitely of a mindset of like, the government is bad which yes still is uh but the government is bad to a level of like being irredeemable like there's no good in it whatsoever um and not at all acknowledging the role that corporations play in that um but and then at some point it just switched. I don't know. But uh, I think to to that example, I think I'm also now of the mindset that you it is 
actually impossible, literally impossible to become a, to be, have or be worth even a hundred million dollars without directly exploiting negatively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe not directly, but like very close, like somewhere within that chain, people are getting exploited. It just, it just, it just, it's just, that's the only way to get that amount of money. And having that amount of money is like the American dream, right? That's what all of these bootstrappers are like aiming for. You know what I mean? Which is ultimately just the exploitation of the people below you. And like what we were just saying the other day, it doesn't take that much money to like be uh, comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like relatively, like relatively speaking to the 1%, like at a certain level, these people are just hoarding money for themselves for no purpose whatsoever. It's not getting them anything more. They're not doing anything more with it. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. just is literal greed and holding on to as much as you can. And I, I don't think you can get to that level. Whatever the cutoff is, there is some cutoff without directly exploiting people. Well, I, and I feel like for me, like, <clears throat> as I've gotten older, the, the, the answer that I've realized to a lot of these issues is, yeah, two things can be true at once, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the system exploits people, and it also is a, super convenient system you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i don't know that you have to deny one in order to take pleasure and benefits in the other side of it so like does amazon exploit its workers a hundred percent yes is there just levels of deplorability down the line from the warehouse workers to the delivery people. Mm. Absolutely. Yes, there is. Is it amazing that I can order something <laughs> and have it there two free day shipping with Amazon prime. And I have access to all these streaming shows and movies right. and I can easily add on HBO if I want that on that plan. Mm-hmm. And they give me rewards that I can rent movies on Amazon with and all this stuff. Like, yeah, that's amazing too. My access of that does not mean that I have to deny that the other things happen mm-hmm. and are happening. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he, people either want to use that as, as leverage against me having that realization or they won't accept that I can both do those things and wish and hope and push and advocate for change in that right. system, right? And even if it inconveniences me to be like, is that the end of the world? Like, what if we went back and we didn't have free two-day shipping? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because we didn't have free two-day shipping and my Amazon Prime membership didn't give me all the amazing benefits that it does, including Prime Now, mm-hmm. which is like, give me this within two hours, right? Um, that life is okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay, you know? And what have we come accustomed to? You know, we, we become accustomed to like, I want this now. But even when I grew up, right, and all the people who sit there and blame things on millennials, right, 
oh, you millennials, entitled generation, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are also, like, pissed that they can't get their Nintendo Switch, like, at Best Buy right now, you know, or online right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, when I was a kid, I remember going to Toys R Us and hoping to God they had Super Tech Mobile because if they didn't have Super Super Tech Mobile, my dad wasn't driving to the next Toys R Us. I was just waiting until next month when I got my one game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've just, that is a new thing, this kind of, like, free two-day shipping. Right. It's new, you know? And yeah. we demand it now. Right. And we demand it without being told, like, hey, there's some, that's creating some issues, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Part of that, too, though, is, like, you know, there's the argument of, like, well, um, <clears throat> then... You, you know, if this cost goes up, then we don't have these amazing services anymore. And it's like, Jeff Bezos is worth $150 billion. And he's one person. One person mm-hmm. at Amazon. How much money do these shareholders, right? The, the, the beloved shareholders have, right? Like, these services, all these services are possible while also paying all of the people who make these services possible a fair, living, respectable wage and not treating them like dogs who don't get bathroom breaks or who have to fight with each other to pick up deliveries for the day who then get paid shit to do it anyways. You know Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, what if Jeff Bezos was only worth $1 billion and the rest of that was distributed throughout and listen, all of the Amazon yes, workers? Yeah, listen, I'm not even talking about the government, right? Some people are like, yeah, tax Like, what if he was distributed through his own company? Right. That, you know, now imagine that company. Yeah. Like, that, that's a ma- an amazing company right, with exactly. amazing resources that can now, like, think about how... How now that their workers are better, they can now better their customer experience or whatever, yeah. right? Here's, here's the thing that set me off about this. <clears throat> I think I talked about in here. You know, we're, we're hiring. I came in contact with somebody who's applying for a job in my department. And she works a full-time job at a university. Um, she has a master's degree. Mm-hmm. She also needs a part-time job at a mall. In order to supplement her income. Mm-hmm. The university is structured so that the people who are paid the least are the ones who help bring in and recruit the students. Because of different things, we needed enrollment up. The department that is involved in enrollment also employs this person. And that department has a revolving door of people. And it's because they make like the lowest amount of the people working at the university. And when you look at what they need, like for this person, mm-hmm. when asked like, where you, where you see yourself in the future, whatever, she just like, honestly was like, you know, I just want a job that doesn't require me to work two jobs. Right. right? So what, how much are they earning on their second job? 
how much would be enough for that person? I bet it would be something like $5,000 a year. I know I could do a whole lot with $5,000 a year. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. And still, if you go up the chain of command, you have admins who are making a whole lot of money, making decisions about the university that affect the demands of the jobs and the people who are involved with bringing the numbers. And what you hear from admin is we need, we, we, we need more numbers. We need, we, we, we need more. Where mm-hmm. are the numbers? Mm-hmm. And you need to do whatever you need to do to get more numbers. It's like, right. well, what are you, what decisions are you making up there right. that are forcing this push for numbers? You know? And secondly, how much are you making in comparison to those people? Yeah. And how much would you need to make that job attractive and sustainable because you have an open door policy. They can't get people in there enough to process all these things. There's a lot of problems getting people into the university. So why not fund that better? But that's never the answer. That's never the answer, you know? And it's like, it's never the answer to look at a, at a institution and say, Hey, who are the people responsible for, for keeping the light, the lights on? We're making decisions bigger, like, hey, do we need to expand and all that stuff? But they're the ones who are actually doing the work. Are they happy? Are they able to do good work? If not, what do we need to do, right? Mm. That's never the answer. It's just, we need more, 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 more. Right. That's, that's the industry standard, you right. know? It's absolutely insane to me that we defend that, that perspective, mm-hmm. that that is in any way defensible. I don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that still confuses me. Like I, I I I'm still I can understand and I'm still kind of on board. I'm on board with the like smaller government argument in theory. I just know that whenever someone's making that, I yeah. don't agree with what they're going to follow it up right. with. But the one thing I still don't understand is the core is that someone can know that Jeff Bezos is worth $150 billion and be like, yeah, he does a lot of, he does a lot to deserve that. Like that to me blows my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, we've talked about it before. It's also, it's this, it's the same, or or I've brought it up before. To me, this is the, the best example of it is that is Apple and Steve Jobs, right? Because Steve Jobs is widely regarded as a genius, change the world, visionary. He dies. Some guy named Tim Cook takes over the company. Steve Jobs, who you would think, listening to anybody who's anybody talk about him, think that this guy is irreplaceable, right? Like this guy is truly one of the greatest figures in modern history dies some other random guy takes over the company and now they're worth a trillion dollars literally the most valuable company in the world like at a certain level it does not matter who is in that job like unless outside of like extreme examples of someone who's just like doing their best or doing their worst to tank like you can get a quiet guy in there who can make some decisions. Not, and next thing you know, in five years, you're worth a trillion dollars. And it's the same. I'd like 
when I was, I've never worked harder in my life than when I was a groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. For three years, mm-hmm. when I was a groundskeeper, I made $18,000 a year. And I never worked harder in my life. Mm-hmm. A year, six months after I got promoted from being a groundskeeper, I was making $30,000 more a year. And I was literally watching YouTube videos all day. Mm-hmm. I could sleep at my desk mm-hmm. and no one would know any better. Yeah. It's like, and that's the way, and that's the way it goes. Like you're saying, the people at the top are the people who are making untold of amounts of money. And all they do is demand more and more and more, right? And they pass that responsibility off on the middle managers who get paid better than the people who are on the ground. And their whole job is to be a, like a balancing, balancing act between the people at the top who want all the money mm-hmm. and the workers who are being exploited, basically. And the middle managers are being exploited as well. And it's like, I just don't see how people can view that structure and can work in that structure and be like, yes, this is exactly how it should be. Mm-hmm. These ran- 12 random old guys who meet once a month should be dictating everything that goes on in this company. And then they should be reaping all of the profits from all of it. it the other thing too, is like, this is not, this isn't like a hard concept to understand. Like, I remember being a kid and picking up Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, mm-hmm. thinking I was going to get a story, an adventure <laughs> story about the jungle. Yeah. And what I got <clears throat> were stories of people falling into factory machinery <laughs> and getting chewed up. Yeah. And the companies trying to mitigate that stuff, right? Yeah. These re- a lot of regulations were in place because these companies are responsible for the murder right. of countless people who work for them. Right. right. And it wasn't about what happened to them and their families. It was about what can this do for our image? Yes. How is this going to derail our company? Right. And it's to me, it's like the vaccinations, right? People, we get to a point where polio is like vaccinated into obscurity. People say, oh, we did it. Now I don't want my kid to have a needle stuck in them. So I'm going to say no to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And right now we're living through a measles outbreak because people stop believing in vaccination. <clears throat> and to me, it's like the same thing where like, People are like, no, I think these corporations are good now. I think, I think they have our best interests. You know, back then, they didn't have social media where I could be friends with my boss and they could see my family and, you know. And they, they probably didn't have, like, retreats where we're all family and all mm-hmm. that stuff, right? They didn't have these, like, rallies. Like, the, the thing that terrifies me the most on the internet, more than almost anything else, are those snippets i'll see of like huge corporate retreats where like the ceo will come out in like a ninja costume and do like karate up on the uh, stage mm-hmm. or will come out like riding a stick pony and do this like wild west skit up there right trying to be like hey look at your crazy ceo i'm just <laughs> like you guys you know and and yeah. trying to relate to a to a corporation right and these people who are like 
eat like trying to feed off of this trying to be like i'm part of something it's mm. like you're part of nothing like this corporation will roll over your corpse to like get to the next level if you become redundant yeah. like if all of a sudden machine technology could do my job do you think i would be in my position even at like a university no i wouldn't you know adjunct professors mm-hmm you can't go on the internet without tripping over an article that's like, look at the hellish life I have as an adjunct <laughs> right. professor. I'm trying to get tenure track. This is uh, unbelievable. I have no healthcare coverage. Yeah. You know, I'm constantly being shifted around because nobody wants to bring me on, pay me like a real salary and stuff mm. like that. Like everything is built to exploit you. Right. You know what I mean? The only thing protecting you in some of these cases are regulations from that industrial era that mm. now people are telling you like, listen, the environment's fine now. Mm-hmm. Let's take off that little grate from the top of our coal mm-hmm. stack. It's fine now. It's right. clean coal. We can, we can pump more out. We'll be fine, right? right. The, and, the, the union that works so hard to get you a nine to five, 40 hour work week. Uh, no, it's just there to protect the lazy workers. You don't want to be a lazy worker. Right. And, and yeah, then you feel, they, they somehow like flip the script to make you feel bad as a worker. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. I've never worked harder than when I was working lower wage. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can, I can believe in the system, the system is if I thought I was going to be CEO someday, mm-hmm. which is why I think a lot of these people are operating under this delusion that they too will be Jeff Bezos, where right. it's like, you won't be, I won't be. And so I can't buy into the system. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I can't, I can't be like, yeah, I'll be a director and then I'll move up the chain of command. So hopefully... I'll make 140000 when I'm 60 and cling on to that little life raft f- for as long as I can until I have a nervous breakdown and, you know, retire mm-hmm. um, and try and make that last as my social security plummets out from underneath me and yeah. the sea levels rise. You know what I mean? But it's just like, it's like, why, why can't we just all take a look at the structure and be like, yeah, this is screwed up. I'm not saying that you can't then work for your corporation mm-hmm. or you have to then not use Amazon, but I think that we can and should be able to be like, yeah, it's a screwed up structure that they got there. Right. And then maybe then we can start like pushing for change while we utilize their free two day shipping. And maybe in six months from now, as people advocate for change and we put in different politicians and whatever else, all of a sudden we see Apple says, Hey guys, we actually have to pay our taxes. Doesn't that <laughs> suck? So guess what you're going to get? You're going to not get the X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. And be like, okay, that's fine. Pay your taxes. I'd rather you do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like Jeff Bezos needs to like not make as much money. And okay. Yeah. Either you make less money. Let me keep my two day shipping. Or yeah, you change your structure. And then we'll just do away with two days shipping and we'll all be okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what Apple's basically, what they're basically saying is like, look, this iPhone, it could cost, uh, $500, but then Tim Cook would be like a billion dollars less rich. You don't want that. Right. Mm -hmm. Tim Cook needs that billion dollars. Right. Like our shareholders need that value. So you're going to pay a thousand dollars for this iPhone. It just as people, I, 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 like I said, I don't get it. I, I don't know. The landlord thing too is something that drives me crazy. Like 
landlords make all these, and I'm not talking about like building managers, right? I'm talking about like there are people who just literally land. buy, right, buy land and own that property and own the apartment complex, and literally all they do is pay everyone all the way down the bare minimum, which is why your quote unquote landlord or building manager is always an asshole to you because he's also getting paid the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and that is somehow justified. And it's like, if you give me that, if you give me that option of this guy in the sky who's just making hand over fist and is exploiting everyone all the way down, myself included as a tenant, right? The capitalist structure, the capitalist ideal, I have no control over that whatsoever. My only control is to move out. That's mm. it. And in a free market, quote unquote, that grants me control, I guess, because then this guy loses a tenant. But in reality, what happens is the landlord down the road sees, oh, this guy's doing this and making that much money. Well, I'm going to do that mm. too. And the next thing you know, every single landlord's doing the exact same thing. So it doesn't matter where you move to, you're getting exploited. So if you're giving me that, or the option of well, we're going to have government controlled housing is like, well, at least I have the specter of control with government, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the whole point of the government right. is that vote we, that person out, right? We are choosing it. We are running it. So if this person is doing something that I don't like, I can organize and we can vote him out. I don't have to move. I don't have to be exploited. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me that option. And it's like, and it's, it's, it's also the same thing with like, it just is like propaganda that people have gotten in their heads that like the government is the boogeyman, right? Mm. And at this point, yeah, the government sucks. 99% of the people in the government suck. They're bad people. Like we voted the wrong people in mm -hmm. and now they have to be voted out. Yeah. Right? Like I wouldn't want that system now with all the people that are in there, but ideally when you get the people in there that you want in there that who are going to do good things, then it works. And, and if it doesn't work, you vote them out. Yeah. And if, and if people are like, Oh, it's so like theoretical and you know, pie in the sky and idealistic, this is all you do, right? You just start by saying you cannot get rich in government. We do not come here yeah. looking to become a millionaire. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So all these lobbying firms, companies, all these corporations, Donations, all these donors, yep. like all of that is now strictly regulated and out. You are only here to serve the people. That's all you're here to do. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're not here for any other reason. If you l simply limit the money, guess where all the greedy, exploitative people will go? They'll go back to the markets where they can exploit people and be greedy. Mm -hmm. But it won't be the government anymore, you know? And then we can start actually dealing with people who are like, either I have real ideas and I care about people or I'm just insane. And I just, <laughs> I just want people to listen to my crazy ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather deal with those people and the people who are like, hey, I care about you. I care about middle America, right. middle class, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you get in there and you just never hear from them again. And they're just voting party lines and they're not critically thinking. And they're on MSNBC de de defending Trump's 
use of the N word. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just like, where, where, are, what are we doing? Who is that guy? Yeah. How do you get vote? Like, what, what's his, what are his standards now that he's in office? Right. It probably is to hold on to the seat by all means necessary, get as rich as possible, and then when I flame out of here, go to a think tank and then mm-hmm. devise new ways to keep Muslims out of this country. Mm-hmm. You know. Or you just be like John Boehner, where you spend all of your career like prosecuting marijuana users, and then you get out of the government for <laughs> ten years, <laughs> and then you get approached by some marijuana lobbying firm. You're like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll advocate for legalized marijuana. It just is a total joke, right? But I mean, like people still want to. I guess that's why I bought into early on. I was like, man, politics is serious and. Smart people are up there and smart people got it. And I realized like, nope, smart people aren't up there and smart people don't got it. Like everyone's out for their own. And a lot of people who think they're out for their own are just out for their own ideology. They're not even out for their own bottom line. Right. They're just out to maintain the status quo because that represents like America, apple pie and football and something, right? And it's like, don't you dare change those things.